Today's conversation is brought to you by the amazing team at MRI Property Tree, helping you take your property management business where you want to go next. Very shortly, we're going to be diving into today's episode where we're going to be talking about the five common mistakes that we see property managers make when it comes to their software. But before we dive in today, we like to start each conversation with some gratitude. So we'll start with you, Terry. What are you grateful for today? I'm so grateful that the weather is cooler. We had weeks and weeks of just hot, sticky temperatures. It was so humid and then we had storms and hail and big winds and it it's just really nice to have cool nights to sleep and then really pleasant days, I guess. So 26 degrees during the day, that's pretty cool for us, I guess. But yeah, I'm, I'm just really enjoying it at the moment. What about you, Sean? What are you grateful for? Today, I'm grateful for easy daycare drop-off. So we had four weeks of putting Alfie into a new daycare center where they were really, really hard and really stressful for everyone each day. Um, but yeah, now he's back to normal. It's back to being easy. He's happy. We all feel so much better about it. Um, his daycare teacher said to me today, wow, this is wildly different to what it was two weeks ago. And I was like, I know, girlfriend. So um, yeah, just very, very grateful that he's happy. So let's get into today's conversation where we're talking about the top five common mistakes that we see property managers make when it comes to using their software. Now, Terry, you've got some really good insight into this conversation because you actually get to see this happen in action when you're working with your consulting clients. So, you know, on a weekly basis or on a daily basis. So would it be suffice to say that the majority of agencies aren't utilizing their software properly? Uh, Yes. That I think you're fairly correct when you when you say that. So look, in my role as a consultant, I am very lucky to work with many different agencies across the country. Like I step in, I help them improve their processes and their systems, just just in their property management department. I don't venture into the sales area at all. Um, and what this means is that I get to see how property managers are actually using their software on a daily basis not just what their boss thinks that they're doing or what their BDM is telling potential clients is happening, or even, I guess, how well a property manager believes they are utilising their system. I get to take a bit of a sticky peek, I call it, at how well or how badly they are utilising the tools they have at their disposal. And because I have been doing this for a while now, I've noticed that there's definitely some commonalities in the features that are being underutilized by property managers in their trust accounting software. So look, of course, there's always the exceptions, but more often than not, I see the same mistakes or I guess lack of attention occur around these five areas that we're going to talk about today, regardless of the program that's being used. So I thought I'd share um, yeah, with our listeners today what, what they are, and then perhaps they can take a moment to think about whether they too are a little guilty of not making the most of the tools they have at hand. And the first one is interaction notes, and it's probably one of the biggest mistakes I see happening um, is around these. So in the old days, we used to call them diary notes, but you know, but they, they serve the same purpose today as they did then. And I'm pretty sure everyone understands why these are so important. Because it's not just about our inability to accurately recall every conversation we've ever had or the fact that these notes can really strengthen a case if we have to go to tribunal. It's more than that. Interaction notes mean that if a property manager is away or on holidays, you can see what action has been taken. And this gives our clients that confidence that we're across everything. When we can say to someone, 
yes, I can see here that Sean Lee has spoken with the tenant and the, the reason she was calling you yesterday is to let you know that they've confirmed it's okay for, uh, I guess, your brother to to fix the back gate on Saturday. So that client is going to feel so much better when we can say something like that rather than if we said, oh, sorry, Sean Lee's away today. I'm not sure why she was calling you. So, and, and it's not just the interaction notes that are, are not being added to the system that I see. It's also the inconsistency around what information is recorded. So where the notes are saved and even the terminology or, or dialogue that's being used, I, I find that a concern. And adding your interaction notes after a conversation or meeting with a person, you know, if it's relating to a tenancy or problem, not a problem, a property, it should actually just be second nature. It's a habit. And like most good habits, it takes work to develop and maintain it. And guys, we're not the only industry that needs to do this. We're not that unique or special. Sean, imagine if you turned up to your hairdresser to have your hair like your colour touched up, say, and they couldn't quite remember what they'd done last time, how would you feel? Or if you went to the doctor's surgery and they didn't have a record of Alfie's ear infections um, so that the new doctor, like he had no idea what antibiotics worked or didn't work last time, like that wouldn't go down well with you, would it? Mm, no, probably wouldn't be very impressed because I guess that's kind of, you know, what I expect as a paying client. I would expect that my hairdresser knows what she did last time and knows what I like and what I don't like. And I would definitely expect that, yeah, my doctor is all over Alfie's medical history um, and that they would be able to pass that information on to the next doctor if I needed to see someone else um, in that same clinic. I guess I'd be pretty disappointed if I rocked up to an appointment and had to essentially start again with a new doctor and go through everything and for them to not know, um, yeah, what we kind of did in our, with our history, that would be quite frustrating. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's the same for our clients when they're dealing with us. So look, some of the mistakes I most often see around interaction notes are, the first one is that they sometimes happen, but not, not always. And it makes it really hard to figure out what has actually gone on because you don't get the full story. Um, the second one is no clear guidelines around how a note should look and where it should be stored. Look, I'm, I'm all for abbreviations, but everyone in the team needs to be able to understand what they mean. And being very clear around whether an, you know, a note goes against an owner or a tenant in the system, like even that can save a whole heap of grief. The other thing that I notice is that there's sometimes an attitude of only adding important stuff. Like, guys, who determines what's important and what isn't? The most unlikely little thing can actually be a massive issue down the track. And, you know, it's like we get blindsided. And the other one that I see is that not using emails to confirm conversations um, and then people trying to put all of that into a note, sort of I said this and the owner said that and all that kind of thing, whereas a, a confirmation email probably would have covered all of that off. So, because in many instances, after you speak with someone, that's that email, that confirmation email that I'm talking about, it's actually going to be able to double up as your interaction note. And you're not going to need both if your email covers off on those important notes or important points discussed. So if you speak with an owner about their tenant giving notice and discuss advertising and rental price, etc., then this needs to be confirmed in an email. However, if the owner also talks to you about a lease renewal for his other property in the same conversation, then you're still going to need to add an interaction note as well because it's unlikely you will look in an email about a vacating tenant 
for a different property if you're seeking information about their lease renewal instructions down the track. Now, I hope that makes sense. I, I think you'll get it. But um, so we just need to be really aware with this, okay? And also, if it isn't appropriate to confirm with an email, so an electrician returns keys and tells you the side gate won't cl- stay closed, like that that is actually the type of conversation that needs to, to be added as an interaction note. But if you're speaking with a tenant about arrears and they said, oh, they paid last night, that's what you'd add as a, a note about the conversation rather than confirming that in an email. Look, guidelines will actually really help you with an understanding around what's appropriate and what's not. But So we have to kind of pay attention. Hey guys, it's Sean Lee again. Before we continue on, we just wanted to let you know that it is no surprise that the team at MRI Property Tree are just as passionate about communication as we are. So with this in mind, they have created an incredible free resource for our listeners around property management communication guidelines for a high-performing agency. This resource covers off on the guidelines around how a property manager should be handling phone calls, phone messages, incoming emails, outgoing emails, interaction notes and general notes and alerts. It's super high quality, jam-packed full of value, and we have no doubt that you and your team will be stoked to get your hands on it and make it your own. We are seriously blown away by what MRI Property Tree have created for our listeners and community, and we just want to say a really big thank you to the team at Property Tree for making this happen. As per usual, the team at Property Tree are all about helping you take your property management business where you want to go next. And this resource is available to you as of right now. And all you need to do is head over to our website, pmxcite.com, or click the link in this episode show notes to download it for free today. The second mistake that I actually see when people are using their software is around document storage. And it's another biggie for me. Like how and where we're storing our documents is really important. And just like with our interaction notes, if we don't have guidelines around what goes where and even how we name things, then things can get pretty messy very quickly. And sometimes, look, I'm just going to say it, it looks like a dog's breakfast in some agency's software. Like it's, it's all over the shop. So if you truly want to be paperless, and let's face it, this is where you should be these days, then there needs to be consistency around what and where documents are saved in your software and not just the documents themselves but how they're named. And I know it sounds like I'm being very picky here, um, but being clearly able, being able to clearly identify what a document is at a glance, like it just makes life so much easier. And while I'm on the subject, (laughs) sorry guys, being very clear around what is available for an owner to view and what isn't also needs to be in your agency guidelines, okay? So even if your owner and tenant portals are not opened or are not well utilised at the moment, there will come a time in the future where this will be very important. So creating that habit now so that you don't have to spend hours going through each portfolio at a later date, like ticking box and that kind of thing, again, it's something that your future self will thank you for. The third mistake I most commonly see is about how property managers schedule their follow-ups. And it's very rare that I take a look into an agency's software and find they're utilising this feature well. Not only does it, like, creating a follow-up help free up, like, your brain space by not having to think about when you need to action a task until you actually have to do it, until it's required, but by using the system to help create your to-do list, 
you're actually contributing to the history or the story that's going to be able to be viewed for that particular property or client relationship. So it kind of complements the interaction notes. And I think part of the problem that property managers have with using the follow-up tools in their, their software is actually not understanding how to use the due dates properly. A due date is simply the next time you need to action that task or activity. That's it. It's not complicated. So as an example, if you create a note with an alert in property treat, so to follow up um, an offer of a, a lease renewal with a tenant and you get to the due date and you call them to see where they're at and they tell you that they're waiting to hear back about a job transfer and they should know by the end of the week, you can just update the note with your conversation, so there's your interaction notes, and then change the date to be alerted on Friday. You don't have to think about it again. It's then going to pop up in your list on the right-hand side of your screen on Friday. In fact, you can even expand this list to see what's coming up the next day or even later down the track. But really, if you're just thinking about, you know, what's happening, what you need to do today, then um, it's all there on the right-hand side. And I look at this as creating a future to-do list. And most of the property managers I know who are, are feeling under control and they're really proactive in their portfolio, they're the ones that have really nailed how they use this part of their software. And also, have a hot tip for you. If you have a receptionist who needs to pass a message along to a property manager and it relates to a, a property owner or tenant, use your, your notes and alerts to do this. Again, this creates a really nice tidy record in your system of, of what activity is happening and it keeps all the unnecessary emails out of someone's inbox. You know, it's, it's actually a very easy way for the property manager to see what, again, what tasks need to be completed by the end of the day, including returning phone calls. Maintenance is my next one. So that's the fourth mistake that I see um, happening, you know, or or not be, well, I'm not going to say mistake. I'm actually going to say maintenance is often very underutilised, okay? And I'm not going to get on my soapbox too much about it, about it today. But what I will say is that we often make a very simple process way more complicated than it needs to be. And a lot of this is because we don't utilise our system very well. It's incredibly important to be good at your housekeeping, I guess we'll call it, with maintenance. If you don't close off the task when the job is completed, you're never going to be able to understand exactly where you're at with your maintenance tasks. If you don't update your notes, you're going to struggle to remember also what happened. And if you don't update your dates for follow-up, you're going to struggle to keep across, you know, again, what needs to happen. So, And this is all before we start keeping our, our clients up to date. So it's a simple process but we just need to make sure we're ticking those boxes. Look, again, guidelines, they're required for, you, for your team around how they tackle maintenance within the system. These are incredibly important so that you have this consistency across the board. And, and once we've established these guidelines, you're actually going to have to go and check and, and make sure that they are being followed, okay? You, for, for those team leaders, you don't have to do this in a micromanaging, like ridiculous kind of way, but keeping your team on track around how they handle maintenance and, and making sure that they're, they're following the process is actually going to reduce the number of dramas that everyone's having to deal with. And it doesn't matter if the property manager knows exactly what's happening. If that information isn't reflected in the software, kind of doesn't exist. So, and then 
The final one, um, the fifth thing that I see most commonly not occurring in our software is all around the communication piece. And everyone knows I love a good template and I'll happily talk about how you can use these to make your life easier all day, I guess, well, at least for hours at a time. They really help improve the relationship with your clients. And look, in fact, I love templates so much that we've created, uh, I think there's more than 90 um, at the moment for our PM club members. And, you know, we keep tweaking and updating them and it's all about you know strengthening relationships and and making property managers lives easier because you know like guys in my world templates they don't equate with being boring or standard okay there's actually you know they they can be so much more than that and anyway my love affair with templates is probably why I find it so distressing when I see so many property managers not taking advantage of the communication tools available in their software. Guys, templates are not just to use for rent arrears and lease renewals. So remember, if an email is generated from your system, the chances are the response will come back to you in this space, which means you're then capturing the whole story or all the history all in one place. And those interaction notes I was talking to you about earlier, you're going to need to do a whole lot less of those if you create templates for the stuff you know you're going to use, okay? If you call an owner to discuss a lease renewal, you're going to want to send an email confirming what you discussed, including any rent increases and, and dates. So instead of reinventing the wheel each time, you can create a template for this response. And We know that we're always going to have to make these calls. We know pretty much what we're going to have to cover off on. So like we can create a response that is easy to tweak to make it personal for that or, you know, applicable for that person. But these are also going to help you sound professional, going to show you that, show that you care. And it's all done without taking too much time or effort on your part. So look, your software allows you to do this. So you need to get onto it, guys. And also, I have another hot tip. Be creative with your subject line. Not only are you going to get, like, you're more likely to have someone open the email more promptly, I guess, more quickly. They're going to look at it and go, oh, that looks interesting. But it's also going to make it so much easier for you to identify what it relates to in your system. So don't just use a property address. Like, that just kills me. There's nothing worse than seeing 15 emails to an owner all in a row, and they all have the property address in the subject line, so you have to open each one to figure out what it was actually about. So, yeah, that's a personal one that I I dislike. Um, So, guys, these are the five areas where I see property managers not making the most of the features and tools that they already have access to in their software. I reckon it wouldn't hurt to have a little sticky beak at how you and your team are utilising your systems in these areas. I'm sure there'll be one or two areas or one or two of those um, things that I've talked about that you could actually make a couple of tweaks to yourself. Hope that helps. Amazing. So many hot tips there, Terry. You were like, oh, another hot tip, another hot tip. So that was really, really good. Thank you so much for your insight there. And there's some really good stuff here and definitely lots to learn about how property managers can be better utilizing their software in the future. 
So guys, if you're interested in hearing more about what we do at PMIC site, we'd love to invite you to head over to pmixsite.com and check out the PM Club, where you'll have access to over 90 templates along with our courses, resources, training sessions, and guest experts. And just to give you a quick insight into that membership option, the investment is only $99 a month for your entire agency to access the membership, and you can cancel at any time if you no longer feel that what we're delivering aligns with you and your agency. We also have a free bundle option, which I think is amazing because this is where you essentially get to taste test PMIC site and access some of our courses and templates for free for 14 days. So if you're sitting on the fence, this could be a really great option for you to get a feel for what's involved in our membership. But that's us for now. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to listen into this conversation. And we look forward to bringing you another one next week. Until then, stay safe and enjoy the rest of your week.